whatever is your destination, that you have a clear and well thought out and devised plan of getting there. Welcome to the On Purpose Investor Podcast with your host, Eric and Tiffany Vogel. We spent several hard years building a rental property portfolio so we could have more time with our family and live our ideal life. Finding your path can be difficult, so we're here to help guide you along the way with lessons, tips, and tricks to design and implement your dream life through real estate investing. Now sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready for this episode of the On Purpose Investor. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the On Purpose Investor podcast with your host, Eric. And Tiffany. Nice to have you back. This is episode number six, where we will be talking about a vision. Yes, and the vision statement. One of the books that really helped us was by Cameron Harold, the Vivid Vision book. It really helped us shape what we wanted out of our business and life. And we we built our vision a couple of years ago and probably have done three revisions since we started because things have just shifted in what we want. But it's helped us really clearly define what we want in our business and in our life. One of the things Cameron talks about in the book in defining what a vivid vision is He tells you to lean out into the future, to pretend you're traveling in a time machine to a moment three years ahead. It's dreaming where you want the company to be in every metric, from personnel to review to location to services and working backward from there. Most companies do the opposite. They look at where they actually are and make designs based solely on that. So we've used our vision statement for our business and our personal life. I think most of our vision statement is very personally heavy. We never created a separate one for our business, which is what he recommends, because our goals are not to grow a massive business with employees. We're looking for something we can manage, just the two of us. But we created a vision statement for our professional goals, our family goals, and how much travel we want to do, things like that. And it really helps us steer the direction of what we do and what we choose to say yes to and what we choose to say no to. Yeah. So the idea of knowing what to say yes and no to. We've heard it in several different places and some different podcasts and some different books. The one that I hear it the most on is from Mark Manson and his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving, an F. Well, he says, whenever someone approaches you with an opportunity or asks you to perform a task, if your immediate gut reaction is not an, oh yeah, F, yes, I want to do that, I need to do that, this is going to be good for me and my journey, then the answer is F, no. Oh no. I think we're going <laughs> to we're going to modify it from the the F bomb to an oh yes or an oh no. Yeah, Tiffany was saying she doesn't want to drop the F bomb A because I personally don't like using it, but B, we don't want the little explicit E on our podcast. Like you had on your uh, M&M records that you got from Well, I guess Walmart didn't sell the explicit ones. You of had to go somewhere not. else to get that, but Well, and he's performing in the Super Bowl this year with Dr. Know. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all them. So hopefully they'll not have an explicit moment. They might. <laughs> Janet <Throwback>. Jackson. <laughs> Janet, yeah. <laughs> Throwback to the explicit content of that Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So is it an oh yes or an oh no? I like to think of it because sometimes I don't really get a gut reaction on things. I have to let it simmer and take the request and say, does it truly excite me? Does it fulfill me? If it's not an oh yes, maybe it's an oh maybe. Because maybe it's a a task that I need to do, but I don't necessarily want to do it. And I know that by doing it, something big and good is going to happen for me. But it's not a no yes, because maybe I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah, I think 
we have gone through this self-development course over the last several months. And one of the things you've learned about yourself is you can tend to be more of a people pleaser than chasing what makes you happy. I am a referee. Yes. (laughs) So you might choose something and think it's an oh yes, because it's going to make somebody else happy. But through this development, I've realized, oh, maybe that isn't what makes me happy. I think it takes being in tune and in touch with your personal, what is the word for that? Like, what what makes you tick? Yeah. Yeah. And we have a great post on our blog that references the Enneagram. Right. And that's a, it's a, in essence, a personality test. It's like Myers-Briggs or DISC. I feel like it's more insightful for me personally, but it helped us to uncover some things about ourselves and really helped us, I guess, see inwardly what we do and how to respond. So for me, I tend to do things in a perfectionist way. I'm a type one and I could see myself saying that something is a yes, just because it's something I can achieve and get that feeling of greatness because I did it right, but it might not be something that's really worth my time. Yeah. Or something that doesn't drive you closer to your goals or our goals. And like she said, oftentimes I'm a type nine, which is the referee and my, what makes me tick is solving people's problems. It is being a mediator, which is so strange. It just dawned on me that in third grade, oh gosh, oh wow. Sandhill Elementary. I was in the peer mediators group. Blessed. Yeah, and the people, other students, I guess, were supposed to come to us as third graders and lay out their issues, and we were supposed to help them mediate their issues. And I loved being a peer mediator. I don't actually recall ever doing anything with it. I guess it was one of those you're in a club. I wasn't smart enough to be in the math club or <laughs> talented enough to be in the sports club. So I was a peer mediator. <laughs> it's funny how as you go through a personal development course, not necessarily a course, but just a plat- path plan, you see these things from childhood that pop up and you're like, oh, that's, it's very much who you are. Right. And having that awareness can really help you figure out where you want to go in life. And <laughs> If I just paid attention, you know. My Enneagram revealed itself when my favorite dish was ravioli. So, (laughs) All right. The goal of the vision statement is really to be a roadmap to keep you on track. In the book, Cameron talks about having a client that was not, we'll say a culture fit for him and his company. A client, they just didn't jive well. And he would have provided a lot of income for the business. But because Cameron had this vision, he realized that client was not a fit for where he wanted to be in three years. So he walked away from something that he would have normally accepted, but it was to help his business grow to where he wanted it to be in the future. And in our business, we have gone down paths of purchasing properties or making deals that really didn't fit with our vision. And most recently, we had a tract of land near our home that was a great opportunity to develop into a some kind of a commercial structure or build a home. We weren't really 100% sure on the path. Just but, to clarify a little bit, this tract of land is less than a quarter acre in the city of where we live. And it was just an opportunity to maybe do an investment. It wasn't for like our, for building a house for us. Right. It right. was an investment opportunity. Yeah. So we, we had it 
almost under contract. There was some, some interesting stuff going on there. But some after some back and forth, we we talked with the city about permitting and what that would look like and zoning. And as we're trying to build this podcast and some other endeavors we're working on, we realized taking on this purchase of this land would really detract from what's defined in our vision. And while that tract of land could have very well made us a lot of money if we did the right things with it, which we were definitely going to do. And it would have been a fun project. Very fun. But it would have detracted from our big things that we wanted. It's probably one of those rare opportunities where you have an oh yes answer, but you revert to your vision and you say, well, does this really get us closer to where we want to be? Right. Your vision has a veto power. Right. Of while that is fun and exciting, it does not get you closer yeah. to your goal. So veto, stay. It, it helps you to say no, to very clearly define for yourself. Because I know for me, it's so hard to say no to certain things, but it gives us structure and an, a roadmap to say, does this fit with where I want to be in three years? Right. Now, the roadmap that you're talking about. That's very in line with the Pathfinder's Journey, the book that, that we're writing about making sure that whatever is your destination, that you have a clear and well thought out and devised plan of getting there. Right. It's like going on MapQuest back in early 2000s and saying, I want to go from here to here. And here's all of the directions step by step. You're going to go 480 feet and turn left out of your driveway. <laughs> And it was very clear about how far you were going, how long it was going to take for you to travel that distance, which direction you needed to turn, what was the road name. It was very clear on the directions. And so just like on MapQuest, just so y'all know, MapQuest was a thing. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents. I constantly tell Eric he is those progressive ads where they uh, they make fun of people becoming their parents. And Listen, I will be... Who I want to be because it's in my vision. <laughs> they, hey, Progressive, if you're listening, this is a perfect ad for you. Someone printing out their MapQuest directions. I think that was in their last commercial. Maybe it, it was. It should be. Did you print not... out directions to get to the grocery store? Oh, great. <laughs> so just like with MapQuest and their you know, the step-by-step directions, same thing with a roadmap to achieving your goals. The vision is essentially an advocate for your roadmap. It helps you make the plan. It helps you decide whether you're going to take the long way around, the short way through. Do you want to take the scenic route? It, it really guides you to how you're going to get to your destination. You want to make sure you're, you're climbing up the right ladder. So I think about people working through a career, whether it's investing or a W-2 or whatever you're working towards, and you're climbing the ladder and you're working hard and you, you've built up a sweat and you get to the top of the ladder to realize this isn't where you want to be. I'm at the top of the wrong building. <laughs> yeah, I climbed the wrong ladder. So it's making sure that you're working towards the right goals and climbing the right ladder. Or put another way, like dominoes. Yeah. In previous episodes, we've referenced the domino effect of when you knock over a domino, it has the potential energy to knock over something 50% larger than what it is. And then that potential energy can knock over giant things. But what good use is knocking over that first domino if it just falls flat and lands on nothing? Or if it lands on something else and then by the time it reaches its full potential, you've knocked over a domino that you don't really care about. Right. And you never wanted to knock that over and 
you're standing over here looking at this domino that just fell, and across the way is the one you wanted to knock over. And had you just had a clear vision, you could have been standing there right. instead. Yeah. You know, you knocked over the wrong first domino. Yeah, I think in our careers, we were chasing certain goals professionally. And my experience with a, a team that I was asked to leave the company on woke me up that the ladder I was climbing was not the ladder I truly wanted. And that's when we started really getting heavy into investing. Now that's a ladder worth climbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just from my personal experience. I, I enjoy being at the top of this ladder only because of the time freedom that it has allowed and the financial freedom that it has allowed. So, right. But you got to find the, your ladder worth right. climbing. Yeah. I mean, for us, the ladder we wanted to climb was time freedom so that we could hang out with our kid all day. Yeah. And change as many poopy diapers as we want to. Yeah, something about that. <laughs> well, with the vision, you really, you want to focus on where you are today versus where you want to be three years from now. So you want to focus on not necessarily looking at what's coming up in the immediate term or being short-sighted. Yeah, so overcoming short-sightedness. Now, I wear glasses. And most of the time, I wear contacts. And I have, actually, I have really messed up eyes. <laughs> One of my eyes is nearsighted, one is farsighted. There's no well, stigmatism you, in both eyes. and You can't wear glasses because the one-year-old just likes to pull them off your face constantly. That's, yeah, and wearing contacts, they dry out often, so I, you, it's a fine balance. You love but, the struggle. <clears throat> I do. Anyways. So with my eyes, I wear corrective lenses to help me see better. One eye doesn't see up close, one eye doesn't see far away, but my glasses or contacts, whatever I'm wearing corrects my vision so that I can see things a, a bit more clearly. Your vision is essentially your corrective lenses. It allows you to see what might be a little out of reach for your mind to think about currently. It allows you to see more clearly in general. So you have a good vision. You're forecasting not just where do I want to be next month with my personal finances? Where do I want to be next year with my family? Where do I want to be in 18 months with this hobby that I'm doing? Do I want to play guitar better? Do, it's not about having that short sight. It's about having a very large, overarching vision of your life. Where do you want to be in three years? Not just where do you want to be, but what does it actually look like living this new life? That is so hard to imagine, especially like me growing up. I, when we had 20 bucks in our pocket, it was for a tank of gas. That actually could buy a tank of gas back in the day. But and I know I'm, I'm only 32. When I was 16, 20 bucks could actually fill up a gas tank. What I'm saying is your past is really going to dictate how well you're able to visualize your future. If you're not used to having more than $1,000 in the bank at any given time, then writing on a sheet of paper that in three years, there's $30,000 in the bank. That is tough. Yeah, I think it's something we went through. You read the book, Rhinoceros Success, mm -hmm. and you wrote down on a sheet of paper that you were going to buy two rentals. Let me preface this by saying that's one of the most impactful in books that I read. It's a very interesting book. And I'll put, a, I'll put a link in the show notes to this book because it is literally the very first book that I read that catapulted me personally into thinking as an investor. And in the very first chapter of the book, it says, all right, close your eyes. When you wake up, you are a 6,000-pound you know, three-inch armor-plated skinned rhinoceros. And 
you're wandering through the jungle and imagine what your spouse thinks when she rolls over or he rolls over and looks at you and you're a 6,000 pound, three inch armor plated skinned rhinoceros, you know, and that are going to be a sight. But the idea of this book was to create a charge mind thinking pattern that you weren't a cow grazing in a pasture. You're not eating what is provided in front of you. You're not just going to look down and eat what you got in front of you. You're not because you're a rhinoceros and you want more than that. So you're going to go through the jungles and find what you want. And it might be hard to get what you want, but dang it, you're a rhinoceros and you have a horn and you're going to go get what you want by charging after it. And so that's how I was personally able to overcome short-sightedness. I didn't grow up with tons of money or tons of luxuries. I grew up comfortable, but we didn't have all the luxuries and the freedoms that, that you and I enjoy. And being able to see past my past was tough, but I had to change how I thought. I had to change my thinking pattern. So you read the book. I read the book. And I remember being in the kitchen at our old house. Yeah, and I grabbed some Post-it notes off the counter, and I I closed the book, and I was like, I'm done. She's like, whoa, you read a book. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I actually read a book. You wrote on these, like, half-sheet sticky notes. Yep, and the very first one I wrote, I am a rhino. And I slapped it on the fridge. Yes. And she's like, what is going on? Said, Hang on. I'm not done. She's like, what? Yeah, I said, I'm not done. She said, okay, you're a rhino. And then I went back to my post-it notes and I started writing. And then I slapped that one on the fridge. And it said, I will buy two houses this year. Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other. She's like. We hadn't even bought one. We hadn't even bought one. And it was like February. Yeah. Something like that. She's like, you really think we're going to buy two houses this year? I said, that's what it says on the sticky note. <laughs> Yeah, and so that year, we only bought one house, Yeah, but it has an ADU, so there's two units to it. So I guess we could say we achieved that goal. But the following year, we bought, let's see, six homes. So we never, we thought buying two homes in that first year was a feat, like impossible. That was your big, scary goal. Had to overcome the short-sightedness. Right, but we realized it was working and what we were doing, and... There was, in that deal that happened that year, there was a deal that fell through before that and some other things that happened. And It wasn't the only house that we put an offer in on. I think we offered on three or four houses that year, and only one came to fruition. And we did all the renovations ourselves. There were a lot of reasons why we didn't buy more homes that year. But all of that to say, we had a goal and a vision, and... That is what set the foundation for us to buy six houses the following year. We knocked over the right first domino. Yes, exactly. That first domino was just overcoming our thinking. Right. (laughs) It was me becoming a rhinoceros. Yes. Thank God I didn't actually become one. Right. Because it'd be very interesting if Otto was half human, half rhino. Yeah, let's not. (laughs) Your past can dictate your future if you allow it to. My past... And I don't mean to harp on it too much, but I think I'm, it's the most relative thing is that how you grow up is often just your basic starting point of where you're going to end up. And we always want to leave something better than we found it. You find yourself living middle class or lower class or middle upper class, and you want to end passing the baton or passing the torch, being one step or two steps ahead. You don't want to be in the same spot, and you for sure don't want to be backwards. So are you going to let your past dictate your future? 
and I've said on past episodes, where you are today does not have to dictate where you can be tomorrow. Where you were growing up does not have to dictate where you will leave your wealth, where you will leave your children. Your legacy. Your legacy. So, and your vision is going to allow you to see how you want to leave your legacy behind. And the great thing is it's only three years. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're planning out what you're going to leave behind when you die, hopefully many years from now. Right. But where do you want to be in three years? Three years is not that long in the grand scheme of life, but it's long enough to be able to really have impact, but not so long that it's impossible to really have a clear vision of what you want. What is three years from today? Is it... 25. 2025? So we're recording on February 1st. All right. So February 1st, 2025. What does your life look like? Yeah. that's And just sitting here talking to you and thinking about it, I'm thinking, wow, Otto's going to be four years old. We might have more kids, God willing. Right. And they're going to be toddlers maybe. And we're going to have probably a house, two, three, I don't think four, but two or three kids maybe in the next three years. And yeah, probably not four, not three kids. We'll probably have another RV. Yeah. So that we could accommodate this huge family that I'm hoping for. Right. Um, How many of those babies are you carrying? I'll carry one. Okay. Once it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think I can. It's fun to think about where you could be in right. three years. And having kids has really changed my perspective on that because three years for just me is very different than the difference between a one-year-old and a four-year-old. Let's yeah. get very different. Next episode, we're going to talk about dreaming big and what that means. So really trying to push you to dream bigger than you will. Because I know for us, we started very small with just working my two houses. Right. And we had a net worth goal. When we very first got started, we wrote down, I think it was, we want to be $100,000 in net worth at year three. And we blew that one out of the water within the first 18 months. And the snowball effect is so powerful, no matter how you want to illustrate the snowball effect, whether you're paying down debt or adding wealth. It's very powerful. Yeah, bigger, once, The momentum is real. Bigger pockets, they call it the stack, but it's the, the same idea. It's you gain momentum. So I think three years is a great time frame to think about because it's enough to give you that momentum, but not so far that it's hard to think through. That's right. Just thinking about where the snowball could be, how big could it be? When we wrote our Vivid Vision the very first time, and we wrote down that $100,000 of net worth, and we said we're going to have $2,000 in passive income a month, and those were huge numbers to me. And the more you get in line with thinking of this new life, of this new you, of this, this better you, this better legacy builder, this better wealth builder, whoever you want to become, your mind just starts thinking differently about things. And maybe your vision has nothing to do with money. Maybe your vision has something to do with your hobby or your career. Just imagine what 10 steps down the road looks like for your career. And just close your eyes. Don't close your eyes if you're driving and listening to this, but take a moment and set aside five minutes sometime today and close your eyes and try to visualize what do you look like three years from now? What does your life look like? What is... What's your daily routine look like? It's just so cool to think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll definitely talk about dreaming big on the next episode. And the one after that, we're going to talk more of how to write your vision statement. In the meantime, I highly recommend Cameron Harold's book on the vivid vision. It's, it really helped us. It's a short read, but it, it takes a lot of time if you sit down and do it. 
right. while you're reading it. Yeah. So what does building your vision as a Pathfinder mean to you? So what we're trying to build here are followers of what we're talking about, what we're writing about, what we're trying to share are people called Pathfinders. I'm a Pathfinder. Tiffany's a Pathfinder. And the idea is that we're creating a path, a journey with a destination in mind that our roadmap is clearly laid out. And so what is a Pathfinder? And we define a Pathfinder as someone that is highly motivated, who wants more from their life than just working 40 plus years in a career to hopefully retire in their 60s. A Pathfinder wants the freedoms of retirement just as soon as they can get it. A Pathfinder wants freedom of time, financials, freedom of any burdens financially, freedom of any time burdens. And what we want you to do as a Pathfinder is to clearly have a destination. But that's just the first step. That destination is just the first step because, yes, you need to know where you're headed. But how do you get there? And not just how do you get there, but what does each step along the way look? And having a vision as a Pathfinder is probably the single most important part of your journey. Because if you never really know where you're headed, you'll end up someplace else. Yeah. We very clearly had goals of how much cash flow per house and how many houses we needed. And that's what pushed us to buy so many in our second year. And then our third year, we did the same thing and wound up where we were financially free in three and a half years. And it was having that vision of, I don't want to have to go back to work when we have our first child. And the day my maternity leave ended, we got in the cash flow for that month and it was enough to cover our expenses. Now, I continued in that job part-time because I enjoyed it and eventually did wind up leaving the even the part-time role. But we had very clearly defined that we wanted time freedom with our, our family. And you'll have different goals. You'll be in a different stage of life. But maybe it's taking a trip with your kids. Maybe it's not leaving your job and just doing something really big with your family. But the point is just to have big aspirations and big goals and living your dream life. And that's your dream life, not our dream life. We can't define what that is for you. So over the next few days, start thinking about what is your dream life and what does that look like? Yeah, and join us next week when we talk about dreaming big. And not just dreaming big, but having really huge goals. Yeah. And one thing we're going to dive into is a BHAG yes. next week. And those are big, hairy, audacious goals. Yeah. And those are just, I, I love BHAGs. Yeah, it's, it'll be a great talk. So definitely tune in next week to hear about that. I think that's all we have for you. So thanks y'all for hanging out and listening to us talk about your vision and why it's so important. How can you take the time you spent with us and make it worthwhile? Is it starting to think about what you would include in your vision statement, beginning to focus on longer term goals or something else? Don't let the time you just invested go to waste. You only get one life, so live it purposely. That's all we have for you today. See you next time. Are you ready to discover and build your dream life? then it's time to become a Pathfinder. Head over to onpurposeinvestor.com and sign up for our newsletter to get tips and tricks to help you find your path and get the latest from our blog. If you haven't already, we'd really appreciate an honest review on your favorite podcast app. If you're enjoying this show, share it with friends, family, and fellow investors. See you next time at the On Purpose Investor Podcast.